and uh, you know what I what I usually say it's like opening a brewery in London for an Italian it's like for a British person to go to Naples and open a pizzeria and that was Daniela from Ora Brewing in Northern England yeah that's right we went international this week The Brew Roots Podcast is proudly affiliated with the Mass Brew Bros. Be sure to check out their website to stay up to date with all Mass Beer-related news. Thanks for listening to another episode of Brew Roots, where we tell the stories behind your favorite craft beverage. I'm Sound Guy Ryan, and joining me, as always, is Matt and Erica. Do-do-do! Here we are! Yeah! What's up? What up, man? Cheerio. How's it going? Actually, this week. Cheerio. Cheerio. We uh, went across the pond for this episode. We did. We're very tired. We are. My, my It was a long trip. My arms are killing me. I know. I had to go from my house to Small Pond Studios in Georgetown, <laughs> in Georgetown Massachusetts in order to do this interview. Yeah. Um, if you heard in the intro, we went across the pond um, to Daniela, and uh, we thought that Daniela was Daniel, and he was a British dude. As it turns out, he's Daniela from Italy, which is even cooler. <laughs> so, has a brewery in London. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Which has a brewery yeah. in London. And yeah. we were, I was—I remember telling my girlfriend, I was like, I cannot wait to ask this British dude to do an American accent. And we in asked Britain, an Italian dude. dude instead, and it was pretty great. It was awesome because, like, I don't know. I feel like all the time we're like. Oh, we're always doing we're other always people's doing accents, British accents, right? right? Like yeah. you hear like kids, and even I was guilty of doing it in high school. Like, I don't know. Like, Good day, mate. I don't know. That's Australian. I don't know. I'm stupid. But, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. But uh, we had an awesome episode last week. Yes, we did. Yeah. Um, Von Trapp, uh, I, I love their beer still. Like, it's so good. Yeah. Um, I picked some up the other day, and I was They're born, They're kind like, of an OG. Yeah. 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 Our, uh, our friend, Chris Beerfridge, he shouted us out, and he was like, I actually had like got married up there wow yeah yeah Yeah. that's crazy that's really cool like so i'm pumped about that like the stowe area is definitely a special area just because there's amazing beer the scene is great like the scenery the the food it's just perfect yeah i should live up there you should yeah but uh, it's bird studio yeah (laughs) that would be really cool uh so what have you guys been up to uh just uh editing uh last week's episode took me a while um and then i had to revisit some stuff to get ready for this week other than that that's basically all i've been doing erica yeah um i went to another wedding actually yeah i had the second of three weddings um this one was in maine so i stopped at a few parties on my way up so that was pretty cool nice um Stopped at Hidden Cove, where they had some really solid sours, actually. I was rather impressed. Um, we had a habanero sour, which was fantastic. Damn. Yeah, highly recommend. Um, and then we stopped at, oh, I think it's called Bastin's, right in Kennebunkport. Um, they're a distillery and a brewery, and really solid. Really nice. solid beer. And um, my boyfriend had a rum cocktail. It was quite lovely. That's cool. I do love yeah. when you can go to a brewery and get a rum drink yes. or a spirit. Yes, it was fabulous. Um, I've been drinking that Notch Blonde Ale. 
We've all had that, <laughs> yeah. and that was wonderful. I had like four during the interview that we you guys no will regrets. Hear. Um, <laughs> and what's nice about them is they're like four and a half percent, so I don't sound too crazy. I don't think I sound no. too crazy. No, too no only when you move your mouth away from the microphone. Yeah, but that's just part <laughs> of the that's just part of the charm of the podcast. The allure, sure. Of Matt. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ryan, have you been drinking anything? So I've I've been going crazy with some stuff. So I had some of the bent water lager. Um, I love which, that can, that gold, yeah, like, that old school feel. It, yeah, yeah, it had that old yeah. school feel, and that's what really like it actually drew my eyes to that than all the other newer stuff. Yeah, I was like, what's this? And it was the bent water lager. I also had the Mighty Squirrel uh, Hefeweizen. Oh, I thought you were going to say the lager from Mighty Squirrel. No. Not yet. No, not yet. I yep. need to make my way up there to do the sound check or the mic check. Mic drop. That's yeah, what yeah, it's yeah, called. Yeah. Mic, mic check. check. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, JP. We got to make our way out there. We do. Um, but yeah, I had their, their Hefeweizen. Excellent, excellent beer. Um, right now I'm rocking the nightlight and I had a night heavy and I'm, I'm doing You're great. You're doing great. It's I'm doing so great. awesome to see the evolution of Sound Guy Ryan's drinking. It is. Like, He's coming Before a being way. a Hayes bro and now just being like a... A common a man. Boy. A common man. A common yes. man. A common man. Excellent. Yes. Oh, but we are very excited. I, I'm excited for this interview. It's our first international brewery. And, it is. It um, went super well, and this guy is really awesome. Yeah. And it was really cool to learn about a different beer scene. And I think he was also excited to learn about our beer scene. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you're going to hear a lot of stories that you're familiar with, obviously, knowing what our beer scene is like here in the United States. And yeah. Then, Knowing what it's like in, in Italy or what it's like in in um, England, yeah, and English England being a pub culture, um, I thought it was so interesting to say hear him say like, you know, beer's really not a good beer, quote unquote, good beer is not really available in the marketplace. Um, you have to go to the pub, which we don't see. really have an issue with that here. Yeah, I mean, yeah. all the breweries that we mentioned just previously, you do. You do not have to go to the brewery. Nope. To get those beers, and we're we're very very lucky. I mean, we yeah. love to go to those breweries, and we love to support them. But you know, breweries like Rockport yeah. and and um, Gilded Skull and Wandering Soul would they exist in a place like Britain? No. With that, you know, that's a good point. Probably not. You know, so we are very lucky with the beer scene that we have here, uh, distribution wise, to support that type of effort. Yeah, yeah, I just think it was really awesome to hear the similarities and differences between the two yeah. locations. Yeah, the Hayes craze. And they, yeah. That's actually a thing out there. They love New England style. I mean, yeah. Not surprised. Yeah. Not yeah. surprised. Um, but I don't want to get too much into, into the interview, so yeah. we'll let you guys Take a listen. listen to it. But um, any Pink Boots news going on, Erica? No, no. Um, if you're a scholar, well, right, exactly. And if your membership has lapsed, please um, log back in and sign up. You know, re renew your uh, membership because I think there's a few actual events coming up. I know there's Ooh. one coming up in early August in Maine for their for the hop yard there, the hop yard tour, which is pretty cool. Um, that's all I know about the moment, but I believe there is more to come. So um, make sure you sign back up. Ryan, are you going to join the homebrew club? I, yes, as soon as they start doing in-person things, I'm going to try out uh, uh, their next Zoom meeting uh, mm-hmm. to see what's going on and just to introduce myself and meet all these new people. I've met them before at True North, and I'm like super excited to get them to know them more and learn from them. That's awesome. Like, that's what I'm really excited about is just to learn from all these different people because like I had a lot of fun you know, brewing my own beer, but 
you know, it's hard when you're doing it with like your sister who doesn't drink beer and is really just there well, for moral when, support. Right. Neither of right? you have done it before, right? Yeah. So, yeah and like, yeah. I just need to do it, but experiment, but be, you know, told how to experiment and not feel bad if you fuck up. Right. right? This week, we should brew beer at my house because I'm taking the week off and we will take a day off and we'll brew it together. Yes. Do All it. right. We Done. will. So you guys follow us on social media, at Brew Roots, on everything. We're trying to be a little bit better at Twitter. I think I posted last week on Twitter. I, I posted today, actually, on Twitter. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. no, pretty cool. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> so if you want to document, if you want to see Ryan and my brew day, and maybe we can get Erica out there for the brew day as well. What? what? Um, you will have a link in our bio or something. I don't know. Or we'll something. have something. But yeah. uh, follow us. Um, we've had a lot of people listening to our past catalog, which is so amazing. So thank you. We've seen the numbers of people listening to like older episodes. Like I saw somebody listen to our Gentilly episode. What? That's from like 2017. Like thank, thank you. you. Awesome. But also we've gotten better. So yes. listen to yeah, our more yes, recent listen ones. To more ones. <laughs> um, also, we definitely are going to be revisiting a lot of the older breweries that we've interviewed because things are updated now. For sure. Things have changed at those breweries, yes. and we want to know, you know, what's, what's going on. What's going on? Um, so I think we need a word from our sponsors. Until next week. Cheers. Cheers. Hey, Sound Guy Ryan here. Didn't know if you heard, but we're a part of the Hopped Up Network. There you'll find other informative podcasts about beer. So go ahead, follow them on social media, and visit them on their website, hoppedupnetwork.com, to learn more about the people, beer, and breweries from around the country. And until next time, thanks for listening. Cheers. This week's episode would not be possible without our amazing sponsor, Shirts on Tap. Each month, they team up with breweries from across the country and create a custom shirt and deliver it to your doorstep, along with stickers and coupons. Sign up today using the promo code BREWROOTS for $5 off your first box. Head on over to ShirtsOnTap.com today. And remember, drink better beer, wear better shirts. At our local homebrew shop, Beer and Wine Hobby, you can get everything you need to make beer, wine, cider, and cheese. Not sure where to start? The knowledgeable staff at Beer and Wine Hobby are there to help. Beer and Wine Hobby is family-owned and located in Danvers, Massachusetts. To learn more about them, check out their website, www.beer-wine.com. Don't forget to use our promo code BREWROOTS for 10% off your online order today. Cheers. Cheers. All right, so we are quite jet-lagged, actually, because we made a trip all the way across to England for our first interview. It was a long flight during uh, COVID. And we have to quarantine for 14 14 days days. now because of COVID. Or the length of your stay, either or. Just kidding. We're here live at at Small Pond Studios in Georgetown, Massachusetts. Major shout-out to our our man, Jazz, for doing this tonight. Um, And we have our first international guest, um, Daniela from Orra. Brewing. Nailed did do, it. Did I do that right? <laughs> that was perfect, mate. Oh, that's the Italian. I mean, see, I'm Italian, so exactly. I, I can do it. <laughs> um, how are you today? What time is it over there? It's nine o'clock. In the evening? It's been a pretty intense weekend Yeah. for us. Yeah. I've yeah. been, been quite busy from Friday and Saturday at the tap room, and I was working alone there. So we had to manage a bunch of, like, 200 people yesterday until Ooh. 2 a.m., so... 
Sorry if I'm a bit slow today. Oh, no, it's all good. Thank you for doing this. Um, And you may notice we said that we were advertising, interviewing a a British-based brewery, and we definitely are. Yeah. And it came to our messages that you were like, my thick Italian accent. (laughs) And I was like, oh, this is even better. This is so great. Like, So we were very excited. Yes. Um, So we start every podcast by asking our guests um, their first memory of beer and uh, their role at the brewery. Sure. So, um, I guess my my approach to beer, my first connection to beer was when I was back in Italy. Um, I lived 30 years there. Um, I moved to London six years ago. Seven years ago in Italy, beer was pretty much non-existent. As in, huh. you know, craft beer is still kind of relatively new, 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 new thing. I guess for me... You know, standard answer, probably something like Sierra Nevada, um, Pale, um, Punk IPA, maybe. Um, but, yeah, probably something like that. So, That's cool. not being exposed to beer at a at a young age, were you, you, you experienced a beer or, you know, other spirits, wine, alcohol? Yeah, so Italy is more like a wine culture at the end and the, the, the old drinking experiences is massively different like people go out for food and then they will have drink as as a complement to food so you know in england it's totally opposite people just <laughs> go after work they go smash they don't care about the food <laughs> or crisps their drink is the only option so you know for for for, for me it's always been more kind of wine um, and my dad makes wine, so you oh, know. Cool. Yeah, following in the family footsteps of, of brewing or, or yeah. alcohol based. Um, yeah, we're all a bunch of drunk addicts. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what's your role at Ora? So I started it um, officially five years ago. That's when we registered the company. Um, we've always been brewing. Um, we started ten years ago in my garage in. Um, Modena, Northern Italy. Um, just been brewing with friends, really just to get some free beer. <laughs> <laughs> right, um, right. Really. And, um, and then I moved to London five years, five years ago, six years ago. Um, I was doing something different by then. Um, and then I found myself as a baby in a candy shop, really. <laughs> um, you know, London is a place where, and I guess, you know, in the US it's pretty much the same, right? You know, London has got, I don't know, 10 millions of people. And uh, 200 breweries now, um, you know, it's literally, what I really like is that it's a nice combo of old school breweries striving to make like the most modern beers. Like you have like breweries that have been there for like 200 years making like a Berlin Weiss, um, you know, Norman style saison, like <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Yeah. And then at the same time, you have new breweries that are trying to, you know, discover some, you know, old old stuff like, you know, red ale, bitters, porters. So that, that kind of makes blew my mind and made me think, you know, let's start a brewery. That's awesome. Um, not being exposed to beer, uh, you know, when I think of Italian beers, and, and forgive me, I'm not well-versed, it's like Peroni is the only mm-hmm. Italian beer that I know of. Um, you mm-hmm. mentioned Sierra Nevada. Did you start homebrewing to brew the beers that you wanted to drink, or did you just want to exper- experiment more? It's funny. Well, I didn't have any, as you said, any any comparison, really. So it was kind of reading reading books and, uh, you know, reading 
YouTube. I guess, you know, nowadays it will be easier for someone that wants to start because, you know, you have more craft beer options in, in Italy and you get more like chance to try new stuff. But by then it was just basically starting with something easier. Actually, we started with something quite tough because Tailsnow was our first um, first brew. Oh, wow. And, um, you know, Stab Mash, so, you know, all the complexity of... of Did you nail it? Pilsner. <laughs> no, it was, it was terrible. It was terrible. It took us uh, really two years to, to get to something yeah. drinkable. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, and then when we're starting, also in Italy, you started to see a little bit more... Be, but it would have been more bottom fermentation, more like German style. Um, so that's, you know, lagers were, were, are still quite popular in Italy in mm. terms of style. Um, so, you know, the hoppy stuff is not until when I moved to London that I try to, you know, get, get, get my head around hops. Yeah. Uh, what did you do before brewing? What was, uh, what was your career? I was in consulting, so management consulting. Boring, boring office job. <laughs> And what was the moment that you kind of said, you know, uh, you know, I don't want to have a boring office job any longer. I want to brew full time. Do you remember that moment? Um, yeah, I guess it was. It was. It all started with a friendship. Really, it's a story of a friendship, like probably many many breweries really here. So you know, the two guys that I was brewing with when I was in Italy, there, you know two of my closest friends and then when I moved to London I started to brew with one of who became uh, the head brewer Aura um, last year um, so you know it was it was just a connection us going out every night getting smashed trying new beers <laughs> you know get, getting getting we we're all Italian so foodie into wine so experimentation was at the center of our project really and the beer that really changed our mind was um actually i have one here it's um a balsamic milk stout i saw that on your website that That is so cool which is basically and it sounds disgusting i know um (laughs) a a milk stout classic milk stout brewed with the barrel aged balsamic vinegar and vanilla so i come from modena which is the city where all the balsamic vinegar come from and i always wanted to make something with it so before that we only used to brew pilsners fashion nothing really that came out of the market right that was something different was something that we could connect as a friends but also for our project we can really push our dna stronger so we we thought that that could be our like viewing the market something that we could do something different from us i mean think that london has a story of like centuries of people making amazing beers so can really someone from italy come to london and brew like a pale better than what these guys have been doing (laughs) for you know beautifully for ages yeah so we had to find something different in a way and that that was the start so you you went into it saying we want to be a little bit different than everyone else Stand out, yeah. right? Yeah, to stand out. Yeah. To have, not, not just for the sake of being different, but more to kind of um, have, have a clear project. And that really connects to what we know and what we like, which is Italian food, yeah. basically. So are your recipes food-driven for the most part? Yeah, I mean, um, we, do, we, do, we go a lot of, to restaurants and try a lot of you know food and the combination. Like, for example, last year we went to a Spanish uh, restaurants that we really like and we try this um, basically panna cotta with basil strawberry and chili and the blew our mind and we make a beer basically out of it <laughs> that was exactly like a 
basically like a pail with a nice, um, uh, basically, um, basil note on the nose, um, some strawberries in fermentation, and then some scotch bonnet chili in fermentation again, which is, of course, quite strong yeah. In, yeah. Your, in your head. But at the end, it was quite balanced between the strawberry, the basil, and yeah. the chili note. So nice. it yeah. kind of worked really well. So you mentioned all of your friends. Can you talk about who, who are they? Who are, who are the friends? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so there are a bunch of nutters like me. Um, so <laughs> one based in Modena, one based in Milan, and um, myself based in London. Um, so that's the kind of the three guys that started the company. So we're still the, the owners. And then now we go, a fourth person was the, um, the head brewer, who's uh, German, as I was saying before. And um, she's amazing. She's 22 super young she basically started to brew when she was 14 which oh, is absolutely amazing so cool started in germany for four years so you know the purity law right she didn't like it she moved out uh, when she was 18 and she brewed in greenland for four years as i had brewing a brewery there very cool so yeah that, that's who we are yeah and uh where did you guys meet? How did you talk about meeting your head brewer or just meeting your friends as well? Yeah. Like, were they childhood yeah, no, friends? We, we were, I don't usually say that, but we all used to be scouts, which is like <laughs> super nerd. <laughs> but yeah, we used to be, we used to be like um, scouts when we were like eight yeah. to 15. So that's how we met. Um, yeah. And then we've always been connected. And for us also like starting the brewery here in London was a way for us to be connected over the years. Um, yeah. And then how did you meet your head brewer? So my head brewer, um, so the one that started with us two years ago, um, was a guy from Italy, again, from my city. Uh, so we met randomly in a pub in London. We got drunk. We started, <laughs> drinking, we started to talk about working together and then he started with us. Um, Julia, who is the new brewer, uh, she started in January. And uh, yeah, basically when the old brewer went back to Italy, we just started an application Gotcha. Yeah, we yeah, yeah. How have things changed from the old brewer to the new brewer? Having that German style it's, kind of incorporated into um, it's, it was weird a little bit, as in weird in in a positive way because it was a challenge for us, right? You know, group of Italian, all foody, pretty much all aligned. Well, German, you know, at the beginning was a bit of a question mark, but it was the best thing that we could. More diversity you know, new new interest for, for new styles that we would have normally thought about. And so, yeah, it's, it helped us a lot. And the quality has, has improved a lot, I mm. think, as well. Consistency, would you say? Or? Consistency, yeah. consistency yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. that's huge yeah. for a brewery. It is. And for me, also what's quite big is the mouthfeel. We were struggling a little bit with uh, the mouthfeel in the, in the beers and the body. Um. And yeah, Yulia Denigro is absolutely fantastic with, uh, you know, how she can recreate that kind of balance between the malt and, and the hops and, you know, really have some thick liquid, yeah. which is what I like. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So how long has Ora been around for? You said five years. Yeah. Five years. Yeah. 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 Um, and have you been full time with Ora this entire time or what 
are you still working you know your side job or <laughs> no I've, i stopped uh, two years ago so yeah now i'm congrats yeah, yeah is that a good Exciting. feeling to be done with your your consulting former job <laughs> yeah i yeah it was scary at the beginning but yeah no it's i was looking forward to it and good. Yeah, we got this little site in north london if you have you guys ever been to london i have not no actually no was going to go but with covid um we had to cancel our plans so <laughs> that uh, didn't happen I know. but we had uh, like an amazing um, american brewery that was supposed to come for a collab with us uh dancing gnomes oh nice. okay yeah where we've are heard they out of yeah. new york maybe new york uh no i can't remember actually but they were coming for um, uh, hop city which is an amazing um, like hoppy beer festival in the uk but of course that was canceled, oh cool so. oh um what was I gonna say? Oh, whereabouts in london are you are you close to like big ben <laughs> or like if people wanted to find you like where are you we're north london okay so london is divided in like four area and there's a huge divide there between north and south okay. we like north we're next to the tottenham uh, Hotspur Stadium. Okay. So, yeah, just like five minutes from them. Cool. It's a good spot then. Yeah. Well, when, when, when there's games there, the going on. There. <laughs> oh, wow. Pretty lucky. Yeah. 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 yeah nice. No but, but, but now there is a brewery in the stadium as well. Uh, so oh, good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> and are you only brewing in London or are you also doing things in Italy still? Or? No, now we only brew in london we do some collabs with a lot of italian breweries okay we still want to get that connection going yeah um so we have at least like a collab every other month where we go there and, and we'll yeah stuff with them that's cool do you find that um a lot of breweries enjoy doing collabs or there in europe it's it's amazing i enjoy that i enjoy that a lot um it's a good way for us to learn i mean of course to meet new people right, that's right. <laughs> it's all about connections but it's also a good way to learn especially from bigger breweries, from breweries that have different techniques and styles and approaches to brewing. Um, we actually, it's quite funny, we launched a series last year called Italian Gelato. Oh. <laughs> so it was a series of collabs to recreate some of the classic Italian gelato flavors like uh, Stracciatella, which was vanilla and chocolate, mm. uh, Bacio, which was hazelnut. And um, we did this uh, imperial stout with um, hazelnut and chocolate, mm. which was really, yeah. really thick, really, really nice. Um so yeah, for for us, any kind of collabs is always like there is there is an idea behind it. There is a project we try to do series. Uh, this year we launched another another Italian thing called the Italian Dessert. So we did like a cannoli beer, uh, panettone. Yeah. So yeah, mm, nice. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so they did a a brewery in Boston, Harpoon Brewery, did a cannoli beer. And oh, right. it was very good. I would. I, I think I want to try yours. yours. yours yeah, yours might be more authentic. You, I don't let know. Let me show you too quickly because the name is quite nice. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there oh, can only yes. be one. That is such a good name. That is good. So chocolate and pistachio. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Do you find brewing those those stouts um, to be a, a harder thing? Was that something that you wanted to brew, or it, just being food driven was it exciting mm -hmm. to brew those? Uh, I think it's quite an interesting one. I mean, I wasn't much into stout until I really moved to London. Um, yeah. But it, in London, there is quite a lot of um, porters and um, not like stouts that are not that thick. Yeah. Um, so more like an easy drinking, basically, stout, which is not necessarily what I like. 
uh, as I said, I really like the mouthfeel and the thick um, notes. So, yeah, I think when it goes to like big stout, imperial stout, this is something I really, really enjoy. Yeah. Um, we did this um, barrel age imperial stout last year, um, basically aging a bourbon barrel for eight months with some scotch bonnet and uh, really, really strong chocolate notes which was really, really good. Yeah. So this is nice. the sort of style that I like. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you mentioned a bourbon barrel. Are you getting that from America? Uh, we got it from a wholesalers in the UK, but it came okay. from America. I yeah. can't remember exactly where. And Probably Kentucky. Curious, yeah. <laughs> Kentucky, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be my guess. Um, yeah. Have you been over to America for the beer scene? Yes. Yep. Yes. Whereabouts so have you I've gone? I've been to New York a couple of times. Yep. I went to Other Half. I went to KCBC. Yep. Barrier. Nice. I mean, Other Half. Other Half's on amazing, really, right? Yeah. yeah, it's such yeah. a cool brewery. Just amazing. Yeah. I, I, so basically, I went there two years ago for New Year's Eve. Holy cow! Which, nice. <laughs> it was like a terrific. And crazy, I, I crazy, was yeah. So drunk there. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I tried um, a beer called Blueberry Crunchy, which was like an Imperial <laughs> Burnham Vice. Yep. With yep. like granola. What was it? It's there? probably blueberry granola. Yeah. Granola, yeah, yeah. blueberry, lactose. lactose, yeah, lactose, and I just loved it. And basically, I came back and I brewed the same the week after. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you think you but, like those beers so much just because you don't get them where you are? It's not very popular it's more style, difficult. maybe. Yeah. yeah, it's more difficult. yeah. But to be honest, now like London is getting. I mean, of course, every everything in craft beer started from the US, right? So. We'd like to think so. (laughs) (laughs) No, but, you know, there's a lot of UK breweries now that they, I don't want to say necessarily copy, but, you know, they take inspirations from brand, big names, big American names. So so now you you start to see a lot of more American beers in Europe as well and in London and, you know, with cold chains, so, you know, properly transported beers. So... Yeah. Yeah, you Do see you more see more American beers out there as well? Like if you went to a beer store, could you get yes. Sierra Nevada and such? Um, well, we see a lot of big bottles, like a brewery. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, yeah, I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, New York stuff a lot. So KCBC, um, other half. So I think um, there were seven. That's pretty great breweries. that you see other half yeah. because I barely see other half here. So. <laughs> <laughs> we might yeah. have to train when, some when other I say, yeah. I see it's more festivals. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's not that common, to be honest. Yeah. They did a lot of collabs with um, UK breweries, actually, recently. Yeah. So. yeah. We mentioned um, off air, you like the New England style IPA. Obviously, us being here where the New England style IPA was invented, um, do you mm-hmm. see, we call it the haze craze. If the hazier mm-hmm. the beer, the better, I guess, is what a lot of people, I don't know mm-hmm. if we agree with it, but how do you feel about hazy beer? In the UK, is that a thing? There is a huge divide in England between something that's called Camera. Yeah, the uh, I don't know if never heard of it. Yeah, yeah. I've heard yeah. of it. Yeah. 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 And and you know, it's still there. And they did the law in the seventies in England to basically promote quality beers, right? And now there are still a lot of pubs that serve, you know, beautiful cast beers. And then you have the new pubs. And the new pubs, basically everything that you see now there is New England, basically. They call it New England style IPA. Yes. Yep. Yeah. 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 Um, well, now they dropped the name New England actually in beers because it's almost like a given yeah. for some breweries. So they just say IPA, but it's yeah. obvious that it's a New England. Yeah, is, is it the same for you? 
No, because we'll have like West Coast IPAs here. We'll have IPAs. Then we'll or have English IPAs. We we'll have English those IPAs as well sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, West Coast are getting quite popular this year. But like last year, any IPA in Cannes that you would go for, it would be like a mostly a New England style. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And hazy. Yes, yes, super hazy, <laughs> yeah. super hazy, you know, like 30 grams of dry hop. Oh, yeah. nice. We, you know, we did it as well. The problem is that you need to have the right kit to brew some of these beers, right? Mm. It, you know, so, yeah, it's, but every time we brewed it was amazing and pretty popular. Yeah. Is yeah. the beer scene more um, driven towards IPAs now or what is the beer scene like? Yeah. Again, you said there was a it's, divide, so it was kind of cask or IPAs. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, the, the the divide is still pretty much there, and you know, Canberra is pretty much like the old school drinker, you know, from an age perspective, you know. But and the young crowd will be more on yeah IPAs and and sours. I think the market is still like eighty percent pale and mm. IPAs here. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. In the United States, we're seeing a turn for people enjoying crispy boys, lagers, pilsners. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys see that with being so close, mm-hmm. you know, to Germany? You having a German brewery yourself? Um, the, one of our core beers is actually a style called Italian pilsner. Yeah. So, which I've seen it quite a lot in the U.S. Yeah, right? it's becoming Especially more popular here. Yeah. West Coast, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so basically, this this style was created by a brewery in Italy called uh, Birificio Italiano, and they made this brewery called Tipo Pills. And it was basically like a pills with dry up, some light dry up there. And I've always loved that. So we brewed that basically like five years ago. And it didn't have a big like success. No, nobody really liked that. So we stopped it. We didn't make it again. But now it's getting big yeah. here in the UK as well. Mm. So now what makes an Italian pilsner? Is it just the slight dry hop or what else yes. do you use yeah. in it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a dried hop that typically is not with the Saz. It's more with, um, mm-hmm. yeah, like German. So it's essentially uh, a, che- it's a Czech beer. pilsner, correct? But it's... Yeah. In, it, we, oh, yeah, sorry. continue, continue. No, I was just going to say that we're also working with an Italian hop farm now to get oh, some... Cool. Um, yeah, hops from there and to make an Italian pilsner with some Italian hops, actually. What kind of hops are grown in Italy? It's tough there because <laughs> it's <laughs> really hot. Right, <laughs> right. As you know, so there's basically imported varieties. So mm-hmm. they, for example, Cascade, uh, you know, Chinook, all these kind of yeah. basic stuff. But they also start into some experimental hops as well. Um, but super small scale, so it's really tough to get all of them. Yeah. Right, right. That's fun, though. It's cool that you guys are focused kind of on local ingredients. How do you say hop in Italian? Lupolo. Lupolo. Oh, that makes so sense. Lupolo and glands. There is, yeah. Right? yeah. There's a beer from Maine, which is very close to where we are. That's called Lupolo. Oh, right. And it's, an, Itali- and it's an Italian Pilsner. Pilsner. Nice. Yeah, from a brewery called Oxford. Oh, right. Yeah. Fun. When did things kind of take off for... Uh, for you guys you know what year was it that you guys kind of were seeing some success it was two years ago when we launched um, the balsamic oh. so basically <laughs> that course. year was um, featured by like a camera writer as uh, one of the five most innovative beers of the year oh cool. wow and, nice and then basically in december it was our big uh, like turning point when I was sour. So basically, we brewed this beer, which is um, it's called an Italian grape ale, 
which is I don't know if you ever come across the style, but basically no. it's um it's sour beer that's typically brewed with it's like a mixed fermentation between beer and wine, right? Yeah. So you put the must, the wine must in fermentation, or you you put the grapes after the harvest, you know, of of the grapes. And we make this um, sour grape pale, basically. And he won the award for the best sour beer at Love Beer London, which is a festival here in London. Cool. Well, so, that's you know, cool. Everybody <laughs> wanted that beer, basically. So, yeah, that was uh, kind of the big yeah. the big point. Um, in America, we have people waiting in line to get beer. Uh, breweries like Treehouse, like Other Half, uh, Trillium in our area. Um, mm-hmm. People wait in line, sometimes three, four hours. Um, is that what it's like in, in in London? Is there beer scene, people waiting in line for new beers to be dropped? Yeah, it's not always like, but like, for example, um, the Barbon County, you know, the, was, you know, every time they launch this every year, there is a queue to get in and, and get, get the new bottle. Yeah. There is a brewery called um, uh, Verdant uh, from the south of England. Um, they did some... I think they did some collabs with some of the American breweries. I can't remember where. But basically, every beer that they launch, you know, there is queue to to basically get the new one. So it's starting to be like that. It's quite recent, but yeah, yeah it's starting. Are uh, cans really popular now, or do you think uh, tap room is more popular still? So did you say? Well, like cans. tap room versus canned beer. Like, are you selling a lot of canned beer now, or no? Or is yeah. it bottle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so cans, it's basically 99% okay. of like the packaged beers that you see. Uh, bottles, it, before lockdown, it used to be still there for like big bottles. Okay. But after lockdown, uh, basically, I yeah, almost haven't seen any any kind of big bottles. Maybe because people tend to share less because they were drinking right. at home. <laughs> right. But, yep. Yeah, it's mainly cans nowadays. Uh, what size can? Are you guys doing the 355 milliliter cans? It's or 440. 440, so, so 16, yeah. okay, 16 ounce in America. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's maybe yeah, what we see there. Yeah. How has, um, not to necessarily get into it, but how has COVID affected you guys in London? Um, yeah, a little bit. I mean, to be honest, we were quite quick to react. Yeah. Um, and you've seen other breweries being really smart, I think, moving basically to cans straight away. We used to do a bit of canning, but not much. And it didn't sell much. Um, but after lockdown, basically, we had like pallets of cans disappearing in, in a few weeks. Oh, jeez, wow. It was, you know, a bit tough uh, because we didn't really know what to expect. But the government here helped us a lot, to be honest. Mm. Um, so they gave a lot of grants and support like, awesome for, for, for businesses. So yeah. It's, yeah, we did a lot of deliveries. People were like scared of running out beers. Oh. I don't know if it was the same <laughs> for you. One day I got an order from a guy that ordered like eight mixed cases of beers, like oh, 24 geez. cans, like 800 pounds of beers, like eight, <laughs> um, $1,000 basically. Wow. Yeah. And well, that's great for you guys, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, it's, it, it was a tough time, right? Yeah, you know, no, same yeah. here, for sure. And, you know, it was a bit, it was really sad. <laughs> yeah. Honest, yeah. But yeah. it was good to be flexible and to at least make make good. So do you have a traveling canner that comes by and cans your beer, or do you have a canning system there? Yes, we have a mobile canning okay. company that comes yeah. there and cans there for us. Is it is it nice. quite common? Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, we have the same very thing common. Here. Yeah, yeah. So really, we have a couple ca- mobile canners in our area, and they've really, I think, saved some of the businesses that have been around here. Luckily, mm-hmm. um, has 
the beer industry been affected negatively by COVID? Uh, have you? Yeah, seen... we've seen a few breweries shutting down. Mm. Yeah, to be honest, which is unfortunate. We've yeah. seen pubs now. So lockdown finished basically on the fourteenth of July. So we brand, brand, you know, it's, it's the still other day, new to right? be open. Still, yeah, yeah, um, but a third of the pubs haven't reopened then. Wow. Because, you know, with all the social distancing, you know, basically you have a third of people that you can keep in the same in the same pub. Right. right so for right. some pubs, it was just not economically like viable to, to reopen. So, yeah, it's still, still and, and also other some other pubs maybe reopened, but you see that it didn't make sense. So they reclosed Shut again. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I noticed on your website, you guys are open on Saturdays, correct? Mm hmm. Is that it? Only one day a week? Yes. Yeah. We only open one day because um, the site is quite small. I don't want to turn into a bar in Zin. I don't want to turn into a carnage there because it's still <laughs> <laughs> a brewery site. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's good because the area where we live, it's there's not many pubs there. It's quite a residential, historically a bit poor area as well. So okay. it's good to give like something different to the community. Um, yeah, so only on Saturday. Yeah. Outside of COVID, are you usually open more days or only every Saturday? No, only only on Saturdays. Okay. Um, we open on a match day uh, yeah. when, when Tottenham is playing, but yeah. yeah, usually on Saturdays. Wow. Um, the name Ora, what does that mean? It means shade in my dialect. So the idea is to get like the idea of the farmer working on the countryside all day and then it gets, you know, after, you know, all the hard work gets uh, rest under the shade of a tree and enjoys a good play. Hmm. Nice. And was that the original name for the brewery? Or did you have, that yeah. was always the plan to name it? Always that? the plan, yeah. yeah. That doesn't often happen here. Yeah, in, in, in the <laughs> United States, people often have to go with their third or fourth pick. <laughs> so yeah. the fact that you got it on the first try. It's pretty good. <laughs> um, in the United States, we have an app called Untap. Are you familiar yes. with Untapped? Is that popular yeah. in, in? Yeah, the UK? really, really popular. Yeah, I'd, yeah. It's good and bad at <laughs> yeah. the same time. Yeah. Say, how do you we feel gonna, about we were it? We're going to ask what's your opinion. I, I don't of know Untapped. what you guys think, but like sometimes you talk with some bottle shops, and they wouldn't even consider you be, if, you know a rating is not perfect or oh, not wow. above like 3.9 <laughs> and i think you know what they say is, you know this is what customers look at on the shop but at the same time i think that kind of deflects a little bit the purpose of the bottle shop because the way i see the bottle shop is you know the manager is someone that should go to the customers and should be be able to develop like a, a relationship with him and right. suggest that it shouldn't just be a point of a customer getting to a shop and checking it up yeah, that's, what, yeah. What do you that's guys a think? really yeah, good no, way. No, that's you know exactly. a lot of the times we see people say like, "Oh, I hate Untapped. I wish it was a zero to ten scale instead of zero to five because because mm -hmm. a four is oh that's just okay, but maybe an eight or nine is actually really what mm -hmm. they would rate it. So that's interesting. Yeah, we, we have not seen Untapped impact. Uh, distributions. Well, maybe we have. Maybe, just, maybe it yeah, does. Yeah, yeah we, we we haven't, haven't really haven't ventured in that. that direction, mm -hmm. but we're not necessarily big fans of Untapped either. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, there's there's some other apps in the UK, for example, that want to kind of um, challenge a little bit these rating systems, like to focus a bit more on the community, as in yeah. more like check-ins, for example, connecting with other people without necessarily giving a rating. Yeah. 
and yeah. Do you so have maybe, like a England brewery check-in app? Uh, yeah, there's there's one that's just recently started. Um, I can't remember the name to be honest, but yeah, there's there's a couple yeah. that recently started this year. Yeah. Um, in the United States, we see a lot of camaraderie between breweries. For example, uh, if, if a brewery runs out of grain, another brewery is right there to help them out. Do you guys see that com- sense of community within um, British breweries? Yeah, no, it's it's amazing. There is an association called London Brewers Alliance, which we basically have like a forum where you know if you have if you need some hops last minute, you just posted there and then you know a lot of people replies there, there is a lot of it's one of the best things actually of, of the scene here you know that sense of community and help with each other it's it's still quite big we're all competitors but at the end of the day we're all in the same shit together right yeah <laughs> exactly yeah um, yeah we see in the United States a huge emphasis for women in beer such as uh, mm-hmm. boots like pink boot society does that exist in uh, England yeah, um, this is something that I always think uh, with would talk with my my brewer. So yeah. she's a girl, of course. She's a woman. Yeah. Uh, but you know, we, we're a big fan of diversity, but we don't want to use it for brand marketing. You know, mm-hmm. to me personally, it doesn't make a difference. She's a man or a girl. You know, it doesn't doesn't really make sense. You know, what I care is about you know how we connect and if she makes good products. Right. But. When we start to talk, she also said, well, I mean, London, UK, 99% of the sector is white uh, British men. So right. it made me start to think that actually there could be a point in not just using for marketing, but just promoting, supporting that and, you know, sponsor, you know, be, be really a champion of that in yeah. the sector. Yeah. So I think, yeah, we started to launch, not, not launch, but and promote that and, uh, you know, posting a few more pictures of, you know, our female brewer and starting to attend some of these events. There is like a woman call-ups day uh, every year where all girls come together and brew something. That's cool. So, yeah. Yeah. Nice. That's cool. If you were to describe the British drinking scene, what is it? What's the popular beer in the UK? Um so like people i think still drink mostly in the pubs they don't drink much like takeaways or home it's yeah. more like a pub culture pub culture in in the uk it's quite iconic it's like you know we started as a way to really connect uh, people in the countryside doesn't matter if you're a banker or if you're you know upper class lower class you're getting together to drink and this is something i really love of this culture yeah that's really it's special some, is it, is it the same in the U.S.? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think we see we see breweries packed on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, but you also see with a, a lower demographic, uh, younger, you know, the drinking age in the United States is 21. Mm-hmm. So you see bars more packed, but then you see your 22 to 30-year-old, even a little bit older, yeah, really at, at the breweries. Right now, mm-hmm. I don't know. And if I think that's your pub culture is a little different than yeah. ours, but yeah. 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 Do you see with the drinking age being lower in England, are people more adapt to drinking spirits, or is it more beer driven at younger ages? I think I think people start, especially young generations, they start to drink um, basically less quantity <clears throat> and to try, you know, a little bit less of more variety. 
Um, and this is something that's happening, you know, all over, I think. But I think, you know, the kind of dual world that I described, was describing before with kind of the camera generation, that's still there. Mm. And that's still probably, I don't know, the majority, but it's still significant, especially outside London, because London, it's, you know, probably more modern and everything, but yeah. that's a, a fifth of the UK and everything else is kind of countryside, really. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Does uh does Guinness rule in England or what is the go to beer? Um, so you have yes a lot of Guinness, you have a lot of Stella. Okay, uh, yeah. That, that talking about the mainstream, right? Yeah, right. The mainstream yeah. yeah. Fosters, there's okay. quite a lot there. Fosters, all right. Wow. Um, Budweiser, Coors, anything? You know what? There's not a lot of that actually. Not a huh. lot of American, yeah, mainstream stuff that's okay so, that's yeah. we're okay with that yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's fine and the, yeah like good breweries um yeah probably of course you know brewdog you know that they're, they're probably between the first one in the the craft beer world uh I, th- I think they they brew as well in the u.s right and you start to see a little bit more of that brewdog yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's becoming more popular mm-hmm. yeah so that's probably the main player now in craft beer i mean if you can still consider that craft beer because that's quite quite big volume. yeah they're kind of on the edge <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah but you know if you then go down the list there's Beaver Town, which i don't know if you ever heard of it it's basically the brewery they're founded by the son of um uh, robert plant the guy oh. from zeppelin, oh, zeppelin really <laughs> <Yes>. awesome <laughs> i know i know and they're massive now Oh, of course. Of course yeah, they yeah, are. Yeah. 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 Of yeah. course. <laughs> and then, yeah, there's, there's some amazing breweries. You know, Northern Monk from Leeds is one of the ones that really deserve a shout out. Mm-hmm. They do a good variety of beers, really strong hoppy stuff, but also really good lagers and sour beers. Um, yeah. Yeah. Where do you see the, the trend in beer going in, in the UK in the next five years? Do you see it going more towards lagers or sour beers or you don't know? <laughs> so, in terms of styles, I don't really know. I think it will be more of a diversity. I think it will be, be maybe less ABV, maybe a little bit more, you know, you know, 0% to 1%, which is not probably my thing. But, <laughs> um, you know, experimenting a bit more with hops, I've seen a lot mm. recently. Um, fruits has been quite popular. Yeah. I think what's going to really change is not much on the styles, but it's going to be more on the channel. This is something that I've always appreciated by the American drinkers, because you guys have a lot of really good beers in markets and shops and supermarkets. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. Which is something that doesn't really happen here. Oh, and also, okay. you know, our supermarket don't never, sometimes never you have in a fridge for the beers. So oh. beers are stocked like a hot, you know, it's yeah. not super hot here, but, you know, in summer it could be. So, you know, it's still kind of a, there's still a lot of work to do, I think, in the supermarket, but it will grow. That's interesting. Yeah, that is interesting to think of. Yeah. And what about the U.S.? What what do you think about new trends there? So hard to sell, but. I'd I'd like to think that it's pilsners and lagers right now. Um, Uh The big trend in the United States right now is um, seltzers. Oh, for sure. So like White Claw, is that something, and I was just about to ask you, is that something that you guys are into what's what's your opinion on those <laughs> we've seen it um i've tried it it's 
not for me. Yeah. So I know it's growing. I know it's growing, and also I've seen in Italy breweries starting to to make it. So, yeah. Yeah. So it it is coming. You think? It is coming. I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like it's like you know low ABV. Everyone exactly. says it's coming. It's yeah. a trend. But would it would it you know be big in terms of volumes? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. It's funny. We talk I to a lot of uh, craft breweries around here, and some of our favorites are starting to brew. Um, low ABV, low ABV zero ABV, ABV yeah. yeah, seltzers, all that stuff. Just because um, you guys have a great pub culture there, you know, you don't mm-hmm. necessarily have to drink to enjoy the pub culture. To go to a brewery, um, there are options. You know, some breweries are selling wine, some breweries are selling some spirits, some breweries are selling, you know, Coca Cola and all of that. Um, but now to have options for people who don't drink. That's a very big emphasis for breweries because they want people to come. Um, you know, there are some breweries that don't even allow children in the United States. I don't know. Do all really? Yeah, there are there breweries. All breweries allow children in the UK. Um, I think so. Majority, I think so. Yeah, like all the tap rooms that I've seen in the UK, they're always like they they tend to have a big outdoor. They they never there are a few in city in the center but they're always a little bit in the suburbs so it's like industrial estate with a lot yeah. of space yeah. so yeah they tend to be quite kids and family friendly yeah that's that's cool to see in your opinion like in my brewery for example in the tap room yesterday you had the uh, I don't know at least five or six families with all the kids and that was that was pretty good actually yeah yeah nice <laughs> and then we put techno music on and then they left. <laughs> <laughs> um, in your opinion, obviously knowing what the Italian brewing scene is, knowing a little bit about the American brewing scene, and obviously being involved in the English brewing scene, what is the best country for beer right now? Ooh, Ooh that is a tough one. <laughs> well, I mean, it all started there, guys. I mean, you can say whatever you want, but, you know, like some of the big bottles that you try in in the U, from the US they're, they're just another level I think and I mean Belgium of course you know some of the you know Flanders red they you you can drink there some of the in lambic that are there for two obvious different styles but yeah. maybe I think in the US for maybe hoppy stuff and in maybe Belgium for the sour beers that, yeah that's what I think what, what do you guys think um I'd have to. Say, I would hate to agree. But. I, I, I agree. I think. Um, I think Germans for the loggers, pilsners. Of course, for sure. Yeah, that's what I mean. It kind of goes off the of style, yeah. right? I mean, depends on what country you're yeah. in. Yeah, but U.S. I mean, we know the U.S. the the best, if you will. So I mean, mm-hmm. but I think the pails coming from England are phenomenal. Oh, yeah, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be cool to see more beers. Sent craft beers sent from England. We what do you guys see in terms of America? In terms of the British beers in America, almost none. Oh, yeah. New, Newcastle. We, yeah. That's about full. exactly yeah, Newcastle. Really. Yeah, uh, full. Fosters. That's that's Australian. That's, no, not that. Australia. No. Yeah, but we don't. <laughs> we don't <laughs> see. Much. They, they we do don't like see ESBs. Much, really. We will. The one I'm thinking of. We will see. There is a festival in Massachusetts called. Uh, Nerax. Yeah, and that's kind of camera. They do cask beer yeah. and only. Right. Yeah, and um, often we will see English beers from them. Yeah. But a mm-hmm. lot of breweries brew like um, 
ESBs, which, you know, the bitter beers from England. Mm -hmm. um, so mm -hmm. there are a lot of breweries that are British-based styles, but we never see British beers. We don't often mm -hmm. see too many British beers. Um, we'll see some German beers, you know, plenty of Belgian beers for sure, and Lambics and things. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah. Yeah. Not much from England. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned the balsamic uh, stout that you guys brew. Talk about, I, I was intrigued by the limoncello. I love uh, limoncello. I make limoncello right every now. year. Yeah. Um, is that just, is that one of the, the top sellers for you guys? Yes, it's the main bestseller. So the idea with the beer, you know, was to basically bring uh, some of, um, one of the most common Italian products, basically in beer, right? And um, basically we we mash with um, really pale molds, so to recreate that kind of color of the limoncello. Yeah. Um, initially we put loads of lactose for the creamy effect, but now we went all vegan friendly, so we replaced it with maltodextrin to okay. get that kind of body. And then, yeah, with citra and dry hop for the citrusy note, and then loads of um, lemon peel from, from the Sorrento lemons. Yeah. And yeah, people just get nuts for that. They're crazy about that beer. The I've never heard of that, and I'm sad I haven't. Yeah, it sounds amazing. <laughs> now, is that available in cans? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in cans. Um, we were going to brew it again this week, so when it's ready, I'll, I'll send you a few, a few cans, guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll do a little trade. We will. We'll talk on Instagram on, and tell us <laughs> what sure. you want, and we'll, we'll yeah. send you some. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'd like to get to know a little bit more about you, um, drinking wise. What are you drinking at home? What what beers are you into at home? Well, usually I'm a big sour drinker. Okay. But now, do you guys like kettle I, sour or do you guys? Um... Yeah, we do kettle sour. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, I like basically any anything sour, like you know, from my lambics, Berliner Weiss, um, any sour IPAs. I like a lot. Yeah. Um, but I'm a big fan of brewery, the the American yeah. guys. Yeah. Any any of the fruited sours that you know, I always try to get hold of any bottles that I see. Um, I had really good sours from Grimm. As oh well. yes. Yeah. 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 Yep. But yeah, but lockdown changed my drinking <laughs> habit a little bit because yeah. <laughs> I wanted to like cry. Right. <laughs> so basically, I went for hoppy, hop forward stuff. Yeah. 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 And what are you drinking right now? Oh, now it's basically the best example of um, British pilsner. So this is basically the uh, one of the most um, bestseller, basically pilsner in the UK, brewed in the UK. Which is a brewery from Bristol called Lost and Grounded. And okay. they make these color pills that's really, really nice and crisp. That's a Very cool nice. can too as yeah. well. Yeah. 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 So it's good. I'd like to know, do you have a guilty pleasure beer, a beer that you wouldn't tell your friends that you drink? Well <laughs> No, no, no. It's it's a good question. So for example, during lockdown, I didn't say that to anyone, but I stand to so I start to buy some beers from the supermarket downstairs and basically as i was saying before <laughs> when you go to the supermarket and buy beers usually it's not the best no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so but they're quite cheap yeah oh, yes, and they do the yes. job <laughs> yes <laughs> the job, so. no but style i don't know That's, i don't know interesting any anything about you <laughs> i'm curious uh my my guilty pleasure is probably paps blue ribbon <laughs> Yeah. yeah, or like a Corona, like a Corona oh, and yes. Lime. Oh, yes, Corona. Like yes, cor <laughs> yes. 
Um, do yeah. you have a do you have a favorite beer and pair uh, beer beer and food pairing? Like, what's your favorite food to drink with beer? Um, yeah, like, um, I think. Uh, I had a good risotto, mushroom risotto with oh, a red God. ale mm. uh, in lockdown. Um, really malty, like pretty red. And yep. uh, yeah, it, it went really well with um, like the creaminess of the mushroom. Yeah, it was really, really nice. Oh, that sounds good. We usually get like chicken wings or hamburgers. So it's good to hear like a, a, <laughs> a risotto. That a sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, what's something that you want to learn more about in the brewing process, Ooh, or in the beer um, industry? I so, like I have to admit, when so I started the brewery, so I was brewing with my friends, but then when we start to you know be professional and you know have our own brewery, I kind of understood that with my competencies, it was enough. So I basically had to get like a professional brewer. So now I kind of still, still took a step back a little bit. So I'm more focused on now sales and marketing. So there's a lot that I need to learn about the brewing process because basically my brewing experience was on the home brewing kit. So yeah. you know, <laughs> I'm the assistant brewer basically when my brewer helps brewers. Um, on the sector, I think there are some styles that are still kind of new to me in a way like uh, wheat beers for example or there are some i don't know uh, countries that i've heard amazing things about like france uh, but i never really had much from them yeah. i heard a lot about uh, japanese hops uh, hmm. but I'm, yeah so this actually i'm kind of curious about homebrewing now that you mentioned that again is it tough to homebrew in Europe? Do you have a lot of homebrew shops and stores to buy things from? Or So I started in Italy and like 10 years ago, there was nothing. So I had to basically ask a guy that used to work in um, like a steel factory basically to produce like some, like a 20 liter basically pod for me. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, wow. it, was, it, was, it was a drama. And, and and then I think we get we got the first ingredients from a place in Germany. So yeah, it was it was so it's not easy. Not it's easy to home. Now it's easier. No, no, no. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What were the laws back then? Like, when can you start home brewing? Or are there any laws on home brewing? Yeah. No, there's no, there's no. At least in Italy, I don't think in the UK. No, home brewing is pretty deregulated. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. What, what about in the U.S.? Is there? I don't. There's not I many. think there may be a limit on how much you can make, but no one's like knocking on your door asking you. you yeah. Know? Yeah. There's also <laughs> the law where you can, you know, underage, you can brew your own beer. You just can't, can't drink, drink any it. of it. Yeah. Which is yeah, silly. True. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, where would you like to see the British beer scene go in the next five years? Well, I mean, it's it, there's such a huge tradition and. and you know, we see we see a lot of British breweries exporting to Europe. Like Italians love their British beers. Huh. Um, in the Nordics as well, like Sweden, Norway, we see a lot a lot of um, British beers. Like British beers in Europe have quite a brand, and as in we get a lot of requests for export. Like we send stuff to France and Norway, but that's just about it. Yeah. Like it would be nice to see more of the, our beers. Like you know, in the U.S. or in Asia, or yeah, right, yeah, 
Are your beers being distributed as well? Yeah, yeah. We have a couple of distributors in, in the UK and one in Italy. Yeah. Wow. Nice. Cool. But really small. Yeah. We, we're yeah. really small, super yeah. small. How many barrel system are you guys on? So I always struggle with the barrel <laughs> system. But basically we got, now it's going to be funny. Uh, we got <laughs> five fermenters. Each fermenter is uh, 1,500 liters. Okay. Cool. We'll do the math after the <laughs> oh, episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. But that's that's five fermenters is is a good amount for you guys right now, though, right? Yeah, it's small, and to be honest, you know they're all full and getting refilled and pretty yeah. quickly, which is the main thing. You know, right. not having beer that's sat there for months. You don't want to have that. Right. So yeah. Thank you for doing this. We really appreciate you doing this with us tonight i know it's a little Taking bit late for you busy, guys busy weekend yeah no it's it's really good for me to to because I, I love the beer scene in the u.s and to be able to understand a bit more about you was was nice was really good more importantly we want our listeners to follow you and and find out what you guys are doing where are you guys located on social media and the internet so we're aura brewing on twitter instagram and facebook yeah so okay. yeah and then your website Oh yeah, and then www at um, sorry www.orb.com. Okay. Yeah, very good. And obviously, our listeners mostly United States, but you guys are open on Sunday on Saturdays. Yes, Saturdays twelve to eight. What's your address? Sixteen uh, A Rosebury Industrial Park and seventeen Nine SR London in the fancy Tottenham. Excellent. Sounds fancy. And one more <laughs> request for you. Can you do your best American accent for us? <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Let's have a beer together, mate. Yeah, mate. <laughs> that was so good. That was great. No, that was, that was so good. Great. That was awesome. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. Thank, thank you, guys. You. I really love that. Yes. And and lastly, I know he kind of thought that was it. But one more thing. Um, what are you most proud of? I'm most proud of, you know, having turned a good friendship into basically something that gives good breeze and uh, basically gives job to a couple of people. And that's something that's growing. And, uh, you know, what I, what I usually say, it's like, Opening a brewery in London for an Italian, it's like for a British person to go to Naples and open a pizzeria. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. You seem to be doing pretty well out there. So, yeah. We're excited. Once COVID kind of goes away, I think we're going to have to make a trip to England. Oh, yeah. I think so. Or to Italy. Both. Or to Italy. How about, I, yes. how, about, how about, Dan, you are our travel guide when we come <laughs> to England, and then you're going to have to take us to Italy. Because Done. I, I love, as you can see, I like a lot of pizza, and I want to try <laughs> the best pizza in the world. So, All right, well, thank you so much for doing this tonight. Thank and you. And we yeah. really do appreciate it, and we wish you all the best. We really do. Your yes. story is awesome. It's really, really inspiring just to hear, like, Coming from Italy, going to a different country and starting a business, that is so... And it worked. That's so, yeah, so <laughs> awesome. So congratulations. Thanks a lot, guys. That's a yes. lot of success for you guys. So congratulations. No, thank you. Thanks a lot. Yeah. yeah. All right. And cheers. We'll catch you cheers. next time. Cheers. Cheers. Bye, bye, guys. Thank you. 
All right, everyone. Thank you once again for listening to our episode with our friend Daniela from Aura. And you have to say it. Roll the R. He told us to roll the R. Um, and I cannot wait to maybe get our hands on some of that beer or when things are safe to make a journey over to London because I'm excited to find out about their beer scene. And um, I think it's important to see where other beer scenes are going uh, just because it educates our listeners and educates us because not that we're doing it right, but I think a lot of countries look to what we're doing and maybe we don't look to what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. That was real. That was real <laughs> meta, I guess. I don't know. Um, but you guys can help us by supporting our friends. Um, you know, Shirts on Tap, Beer and Wine Hobby, and we're going to be announcing another one real soon as well. So make sure that you support them. Um, if you are a up and starting musician or an already established musician or podcaster or blogger or whatever you are, um, yeah. make sure to, to go to Small Pond Studios in Georgetown, Massachusetts and hit up Jazz. He is the man, and he makes our podcast sound amazing every week. So we cannot implore you enough to go check them out and support. Yeah. Um, so we have an awesome episode lined up for you next week. We have a content episode. Ooh. I know we've said that a couple times, but I think we actually do have one lined up. I think we're actually going to do it this time. Yeah. And uh, we recorded early enough that we can be organized and do it. Yeah. So uh, until next week. Cheers. Cheers.